Welcome to Technically Fundamental, the podcast where we bridge the gap between lines and numbers for smart investing. I'm your host, Jacob Hyos, and in today's episode, I'll be a technical analyst. Joining me today is our guest and my personal friend, Michael Linden, who is an investor and will talk uh, with me about On The Market PLC today. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Jacob. Thanks for having me here. Um, look forward to taking part in your podcast, and uh, thanks for the invite. Right, so today we're going to talk about On The Market PLC, which is a UK-based online property portal that operates under the brand name On The Market Com. It was established by a consortium of estate agents to challenge the dominance of Rightmove and Zoopla in the UK online property market. It operates in the highly competitive online property advertising industry as a challenger to the leading portals. Rightmove and Zoopla, it aims to provide a more cost-effective and agent-friendly platform for estate agents and property developers to advertise their listings. While it has made progress in growing its market share, it still trails behind its larger competitors. Now, uh, Michael, do you agree with that? Have you have yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a quite a fair assessment of, of the company and a good introduction, Jacob. Uh, just for disclosure, I, I will mention that I've recently bought a few shares uh, of this company on the market PLC as I've come across it. Uh, so that's just a, you know, for disclosure purposes um, for our listeners. Right. Um, now you've you've you you've touched on the valuation and its difference uh, to its largest competitor. So perhaps I can develop that. Yeah, yeah, a let's do bit, it. Let's, uh, let's talk at about this point, some. if you like. Yep. And and actually the numbers are easy to understand and clearly demonstrate that. So if I look at the last um, reported year, which was year 2022, for on the market uh, PLC, uh, effectively they've had a total sales of 30 million, yeah, uh, 30.4 million just over. All right. Uh, and it's interesting to know that right move is actually 10 times larger in terms of its sales, right, at 300 something million, yeah, 330 okay. million. So 10 times more sales. But if I look at the valuation, right, um, on the market, uh, PLC is its market cap is about 55 million, million, right? Which is 1.6 times its sales, right? right? But if I look at the valuation of Rightmove, uh, it's best part of 5 billion, okay? Which is nearly 100 times, right? The valuation of on the market, PLC, yeah? So its price to sales of Rightmove is about 15. Um, wireless for the market is 1.6. So effectively, the valuation on the price to sales basis is 10 times as large, right? Now, obviously, you've got to, you know, make sure that you're comparing apples to to apples, not to oranges, and we'll get into the specifics of, you know, of those yes, two businesses. We'll there, yeah. uh, but effectively, that's, that's one of the things that certainly has caught my attention on the valuation basis, uh, where effectively, right move, is 10 times right, valued, certainly on price to sales basis, at, at the 10 times as much. It's, its valuation at the, at the time is over a hundred, about 100 times more than on the market. So the company price is 100 times more than on the market, right? yet its sales are only 10 times more than on the market. Right, that tells us that uh, on the market, compared to Rightmove, it's a, well, it's a cheaper option, right? 
Absolutely. It's, 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 it's sort of more obscure option. It's a definitely cheaper option. And one of the reasons for that, I suppose, because it is such a small cap or micro cap at only 55 million pounds um, market cap in comparison to 5 billion for Rightmove, uh, effectively, it's not really noticed very much because the big money, the institutions of this world and, and, and the sort of the larger investors just can't get in. It's just much too small. Right. 50, yeah, it's under 100 million cap. Yeah, That's okay. right. It's, right. It's a micro cap in, in, in um, you know, in, in, in sort of uh, city speak. Uh, and, 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 so, and so I think that's one of the reasons why it's, it's basically overlooked and it's not listed, unlike Rightmove, which is part of the FTSE 100. You know, on the market is, is basically listed on the alternative alternative investments market. So those, those could be potential potential ideas. Right, right. So let's look at the technical analysis of uh, on the market. It will be short because on the market PLC has been on the market since 2019, if I remember correctly. And uh, what I see on the chart here is we do have a downtrend started in 2019. We do have an uptrend starting in 2020 and basically both of them uh, create a symmetrical triangle formation. Uh, we we're looking at a formation that usually tells us about, about the continuation of the trend. The mm. problem with this chart is we don't know the trend because it wasn't there. The mm. company wasn't on the market. If it was a up, if, if there was an uptrend before that uh, con uh, continuation pattern, breakout from that con continuation pattern would mean continuation of that trend. We don't have that trend. However, the way it, the chart approached the pattern, it went from the like a lower valuation. So it it suggests us that it's going to be continued towards. Uh, upward price areas. Uh, now, the only thing that really looks bad at this at this chart is the volume, because the volume uh, recently, uh, we have uh, one day when the volume was really, really immense, massive, compared to any other days and the average. And that volume was uh, happening when the price was going down, suggesting us that the, the that there were more people selling the company than actually buying. Although obviously somebody bought those shares. So now we do have uh, some support levels at 65p. There's a strong support, supported also by a trend line. Uh, and there's a resistance on uh, 85p as well. If we break, if we're going to go up and we break a resistance of 85p, if we go upwards to the downward trend and break that line, we, we, we can see the price going much, much, much higher. However, this is a good time to enter the, uh, the stock, thinking trend-wise and thinking long-term, because we, we talk in this podcast about holding stocks long-term. Yes. That's why we don't look at the daily charts or weekly charts. We look at the monthly charts and proper fundamentals, right? So uh, the weekly chart is uh, at the moment of very good time to enter because if if we're wrong, if the chart formation breaks down toward lower levels, that's the good time to exit the company and wait where it settles because it can continue down considerable uh, for considerable time. If it break up, breaks upwards, though, you can hold it for a decade. 
So uh, that basically wraps up my uh, technical view. It's very short because, as I said, the, the chart is not long. The company hasn't been on the market for 10 or 20 years. It's just since 2019, so it's not even five years, I think. Right, now let's move on to fundamental analysis. I know, Michael, that you love it. Uh, I'm uh, quite fond of it myself as well. Uh, we will talk right now about some revenue earnings numbers and maybe you can maybe you can share with us uh, the uh, indicators like return on equity return on capital employed on assets price to earnings what what have you got there what what, what can you share with us yeah thanks, thanks Jacob that, that's um, that's something that I will get into in, in, in a minute before that though I'd just like to say a few words about what this company actually does uh, because, you know, when I talk to some friends of mine um, about on the market, you know, th there's some confusion out there that people often think that, you know, uh, companies like Rightmoves or Zoopla on the market are basically property companies. And they think that, oh, they deal in, in, uh, they deal in housing, don't they? Uh, and actually, that is a total misconception because on the market and Rightmove are not property companies. Right. They're actually software as a service IT companies. Because these companies, they don't hold property, they don't own property, they don't sell property. They, sell, they don't buy property. You could call them a middleman, right? Yeah, well, they're software as a service, so they're technology companies. They are not property companies. They are effectively tech companies. They're software tech companies uh, that um, are auxiliary uh, to the property sector. Right. That is that is effectively all they are, uh, and uh, they're tech companies. Software as a service is a technical term for these, uh, and they effectively sell their services to the property industry. And in the case of on the market, for example, so the software solution, which is what on the market is, right? Yeah. Uh, is sold to ninety percent estate agents other customers of on-the-market PLC and 10% house builders, right, other customers of on-the-market PLC. So, again, you know, these companies on-the-market, all right, they're not, they don't sell property themselves, they don't buy property, they don't hold it, they don't own it, they don't refurbish it, all they're doing is selling their software to the property industry, which are estate agents and house builders. And I think that's, because there's, there's a very, you know, industries vary by their indicators, by their fundamental indicators, by their return on equity and returns. And, and, and I think that's very, very important to sort of to, to fix in the mind about this company, is that while it's, it, it, it services the, 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 the property industry, so it isn't, it isn't in the, you know, it isn't a property company, it's, it's a tech company. That's a very good point, Michael, I think, because uh, placing a company in the right industry uh, forces you to compare it to its actual competitors. So when, thing, when people think about on the market as a, as a uh, property company, they will compare it to, I don't know, house builders or, mm. or, or rental agencies or whatever, or, uh, or REITs. But, but when you actually think about it as a, as a, as a software company, mm. it, it can remain low cost, with massive growth potential mm. as other software companies. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's the thing. Obviously, software as a service companies they've got completely different profile, completely different margins, completely different valuations, right? Completely different returns. Um, 
to a completely different approach to and the indicators. different approach to the indicators, absolutely, right. to, okay. to, to, to the property industry. However, let us not decouple the company, uh, you know, they're on the market, and we'll talk about rivals in conjunction because that's its main competitors. Let, let's not decouple those two companies entirely from the property market because effectively, you know, in the case of on the market, 90% of its customers are the estate agents. Of course, so if and something happens to the property market, it will influence the customers. Absolutely, on the and that's that's exactly you know you you've caught my thought there, is that you've got to whether you like it or not take a view, you know on on, on where do you think the UK, which is where you know they're selling, where where the UK property market is has been and is is going to because obviously if you know we have say a large downturn in the property industry. Uh, you know, like we had uh, during the COVID lockdowns, you know, if you remember, yeah. uh, then obviously these companies will suffer, like Rightmove has suffered during the COVID lockdowns, because the estate agents were saying, well, hey, you know, there's no deals to be made, so we can't, well, we're struggling to pay your fees. Yeah. And Rightmove, you know, if you, if you looked at that report, um, during the 2020, Rightmove actually had a very, very, very bad performance. They, they, hardly, they hardly made anything. So... So, so while it's a tech company, it, it, with, with the characteristics and the margins of a tech company, it, it is very much uh, inextricably interlinked to what's happening in the property market. Oh. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those. So how about the numbers? The... So how about the numbers? Okay, uh, now when we look at software as a service, that tends to be, um, actually tends to be the largest... Um, it tends to be the industry with the best margins and the best returns, right? Uh, so, you know, software as a service, it is. It's companies like Amazon Cloud, it's companies like Salesforce, uh, it's companies like ServiceNow and Adobe. So this is the kind of league that, that we think on the market, dot, you know, dot PLC is, is in. Um, so... Uh, now, these companies typically have very high gross margins, very high operating margins, and very high net margins. Yeah. Um, now, you know, so if we look, for example, at, at, at on the market PLC itself, you know, it doesn't even, what these companies often do, they don't actually tell you exactly what the gross margin is in, in, the, in the income statement. But if we look at the income statement, we've got 30... And we're looking for 2022 here, which is the latest year available. Yeah. We've got 30 million revenue, and then we've got administrative expenses of 28 million, right? And an operating profit of, of 2 million. So on the surface of it, it looks like the operating profit is, is quite small, and their expenses is 28 million. So really, to, so, so on the surface, it doesn't look great, but then you've got, to, you've got to really have a look at what are these 28 million expenses? Right to sort of really understand understand what this company is doing, right? Because it's kind of it's kind of a bit hidden out there. So if we go, for example, if we go to note six, right, which gives us the twenty eight millions of those uh, of those expenses, yep. and, we, and, 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 and we actually look at what they are. Well, the largest one is advertising expenditure, advertising marketing, ten and a half million. So that's a lot. That that is a lot. So if you think about it, that's that's a third of their revenue that they're just spending on advertising and marketing. That also makes sense because they are in a very competitive market and they, they have to they have and, to and they want to grow. Yeah. So they're spending a third, right, of 
uh, of their revenue, of their sales, on advertising marketing. But if you think about it, for them to spend that third on advertising, they've got to have it. Yeah. True. They, they, they don't use that. Yeah. They use their own money. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to, they've got to make it. Yeah. So straight away, you know, you could make the argument that this company is making at least 10 million, right? Because they've got to, they've got to, you know, pre, pre, as soon right. as they stop other advertising, yeah. this is this is income. That's yeah. right. So advertising expenditure is ten million, and then you've got staff costs, which is another ten million. And I'm sort of rounding up the numbers to keep them simple. Okay. But staff costs is another ten million. So just on staff and ad, and advertising, they're spending twenty million out of thirty million um, sales, which means their gross profit hmm, comes before. So you you're already talking into sixty six percent of gross profit at least. Then they've got depreciation and amortization. Again, it comes before, you know, after the gross profit line in the income statement. That, that comes to three million, right? So, pretty much, this company has a gross profit is over ninety percent. Yeah, like the Facebooks of this world. Yeah, so very high gross profit. Yeah, and then with the operating profit, even though in their income statement they're actually saying, well, look, our operating profit is only two million. But again, that's after the 10 million of advertising expenditure and after the 3 million of amortization and depreciation. So, so you've, got to, you've got to, and this is where the, the, the work of the fundamental analyst comes in, you've got to ask yourself, well, how much is this company actually making? Yeah, how much are they making? Because they're not telling you. Or what they're telling you, they're telling you lots of different things, right? So, you know, one of the ways... One of the ways to look at that, for example, if we look at their cash flow statement, which, you know, I found interesting. Now, if I look at their cash flow statement, these guys, they've paid one million in tax to the tax man, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you think about it, the UK tax is running, what, 19, 20%, right? So if they paid one million in tax, yeah, which is, you know, and the tax is running about 20%, so, Five you know, months. so effectively they're saying to the taxman, and, you know, you've got to keep it straight with the taxman, surely, as, as their PLC, especially for yeah. PLC. So yeah. that gives, you know, that certainly gives me a right away an indication of sort of around 5 million is, is, is where their net income is. Yeah, and, and that's, that's how I think about it. You know, if I see the 5 million figure and I think, okay, the valuation is 55 million. Hmm? That gives so, you like 11. Exactly. So, so yeah. we're looking at a P of sort of 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 10 to 12, 11 if you like. So that's roughly how I personally think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not bad. And which isn't, you know, which is is effectively a cheap stock, especially for a tech stock. Yeah. Because again, you know, you've got to compare apples to apples. So if we look at, you know, software, software, software as a service, right? These companies, they, they can often trade at 10 times sales, not 10 times earnings. Yeah. That's right? True. And, and so that's where I'm headed. So, so price to earnings or price to cash flow, roughly, you know, if we estimate cash flow at about five million, which is where I'm at. So price to earnings, about eleven. Yeah, price to cash flow about eleven. And um, and and actually, if we look at the cash flow statement, operating cash flows, um, cash flows from operations, uh, we've got 2021 five million. For example, net cash generated from operating activities, four million in 2022. Right. So 
My estimate, my best estimate is that's where they're at. That's where they're at. About five million earnings. What was the growth? Do you know what, what was the growth uh, compared to 2021? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And, and, and obviously growth is key to valuation. So, so let's look at the growth. Uh, now, in, uh, so in, in, um, they're, going to, they're going to report their annuals in July and they're basically saying they're going to sell 34.5 million. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so previous year, 2022, we're looking at was 30 million, right? The year before that was 23 million. The year before that was 18 million. And the year before that was 13 million, right? Sales. Okay. So their sales have gone 13, 18, 23, 30, 34. So this company is growing in spite of COVID, in spite of, you know, the, 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 the lockdowns. Uh, in spite of uh, you know rising interest rates and inflation out there and, and uh, rising interest rates, uh, that certainly the sales, the top line is growing. And why 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 do why do I like the top line so much? Uh, the top line. So it's growing. Yeah. Excuse me. So it's growing, Michael. But and yet you can buy it for the same price as it was in two thousand and twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even uh, you know before that. But that's, that's incredible. That's that's right. Well, you know, the UK is a very depressed place at the moment in, in terms of where you know the company valuations are. Right. And um, so that could you know that could be part of it. Um, but but yeah. So on the it, it's growing. Yeah. Now okay. it, and it's growing double digits. You know, ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent. Certainly, twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, it was thirty two percent top line growth, sales growth. And I like looking at sales a lot uh, because. You can't fake sales, you know, profit is an opinion, you know, how company reports their operating profit and net profit. True. While sales, you, you're not going to make them up, you know, you, you either have invoiced the customer. Yeah, you're not going to take yeah. sales out of thin air. You, you're, not gonna, no you, you're not going to take them out of thin air unless you're committing fraud, you yeah. know, which, which does happen, but, but it's rare. Um, so, 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 so that's an important point, you know, the sales are growing in double digits. Or certainly have been up to now. I mean, who knows what what, what the future holds. Um, so so that's where I'm at. Uh, with the P, it's about eleven. And if we look at the right moves of this world, for example, right move is usually I I, I held some right move shares, you know, in, in 2020, and then sold them as they as they recovered. And, and and the P of those, I remember I was buying them at 26, 27. Yeah. So you're looking up to 30. So the P usually where right move is, yeah, they've got. That seems know, about usual for. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. service company. That's about usual, but if you think about right move, what's interesting, uh, right move is actually reporting uh, their net profit, uh, and they're reporting it at you know right move sells about three hundred million, but they're reporting net profit at about two hundred million, right, which is sixty six you know sixty six percent net profit. Yeah. 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 And then you've got to ask yourself, okay, well, how can this you know. Is, is, is on the market is on the market as a business as profitable as right move can it be is it far off today right yeah. now essentially you know they're doing they're doing the same things they're both they're, they're both software as a service you know companies uh, now I think right move at present is more profitable than on the market PLC uh, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, a bigger market it's share. still, yeah, that's right. I mean, on the market has got a much bigger market share and it's much larger. It's 
basically the dominant player. Uh, sorry, Rymov yeah. is Rymov is the dominant player. Um, so let's look at some more numbers. And we've looked at price to sales, uh, which was uh, 1.6 versus 15.16, yeah, versus Rymov. Uh, P 11 from the market, 25 to 30 usually for Rymov. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's look at book. Uh, and again, you know, book you could say, well. For software as a service company is not so relevant. It isn't so relevant, but yet it gives you something to grab hold of. Yeah. Because you know the book value is, is an accounting value. It's on the balance sheet. It's a number that you can that, that you can look at. And the book value is fifty one million uh, for on the market PLC. While you know, so on the market cap is fifty five. So so you got pretty much one times book. Yeah, basically trading at a book value. Yeah. Trading at the book value for a software yeah. as a service company. Well, go find, you know, it's difficult to find another one. Yeah. Right? It's very cheap. And the explanation for the cheapness, in my view, is just too small and too obscure. Right? And, and again, if I look at the book value of, of right move, you know, you're talking 789. Yeah? Uh, so that's your price to book, price to sales, price to earnings. Yeah? Um, is, 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 is um, you know, there's a few, a few metrics, a few sort of basic, simple metrics. And then you look at returns. And again, those are those are kind of, you know, very very difficult to gauge. But I suppose, um, I suppose, one of the ways you can look at returns, and then a very rough measure, I think, in one of the academics is is gross profit, you know, over over total assets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if I look at this, and let me just brief, briefly have a quick look, you know, gross profit. So on the market, we've said that we think. Pretty much, it's got a gross profit of best part of the thirty million. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about it, what is cost of sales? They don't have raw materials, because what are they selling? Yeah. It, it, it's software. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I look, you know, if I look at you know total assets of fifty-one million, right? And they've got no debt, by the way. Looking at the balance sheet here, they've actually got net cash on the balance sheet. Oh, that's brilliant. Right? So that's always you know a healthy, yeah. healthy, healthy thing to add. So, gross profit over total assets, you're looking at, you're looking at, again, over 60%. Uh-huh. So, it, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a high return, it's a good business. It's a high return, good business that you can get at a valuation of basically 10 or 11 P, which is, you know, a valuation of a, perhaps a house builder or a more asset heavy kind of. All right, all right. So I, I do like those numbers, Michael. Have you got anything to share on that? Because if uh, if we touched on all the numbers we could, then I would have a question for you. Mm. Uh, and, uh, so just tell me whether you can think of any indicators that will make sense to talk about as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, 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 very, very good point. I think one of the things with the small with this micro caps is you've got to bear in mind. First of all, they fluctuate like hell. Yeah, the the mic. So you know, you, you you obviously you you know being a professional technical analyst, you can see that these micro caps they really do fluctuate a lot, up and down. So I would say you know to the listeners, you know, have you got the stomach for a micro cap? Because that micro cap is going to bob about. Yeah, it's going to go up and down, up and down, and small volume. That's the, that's the reason. There's, that's there's right. not many people trying to buy it. So if you want to get a big chunk. It's hard. Exactly. You're gonna move the price up very, very high. Yeah. If you want to sell a big chunk, you're gonna depress the price massively. Yeah. So it's going to bob about, and then you, you know, some of the cautious 
you know, investors might say, well, wait a minute, this really is a microcap. And, you know, is this small companies? One of the questions, for example, I pose to myself is, well, if this company is as, as good as it is, you know, why does it need to be, uh, excuse the pun, on the market? Yeah, on the equity market. Because, you know, if me and you had a good business that we were sell, selling 30 million off, right, and yeah. we were happy, why would we need to go to the stock market? We'd yeah. probably be sat making our profit and saying, that's all, you know. That's a it, very good question. Is, is it live great? So I'm always, I'm always quite suspicious with these very small companies, you know, 30 million of sales, comparatively, is, you know, why are they... Why are they going to the public markets? Because actually, if you think about it, to be a PLC, you've got a cost of three to four hundred thousand a year. Yeah. For all the reporting, yeah, for all the disclosures. Yeah. Which is, you know, usually these companies, a lot of companies go off the market, you know, off the public market and say, hey, we don't want to spend three to four hundred K, right, to be on the market because we'll just keep it for, our, for ourselves. It's a significant amount of money, right? What so the thing there is, why, why would they choose? Well, to yeah, I, I think that there could be several, there could be quite a few reasons. I mean, some of them could be good for investors, some, some of them could not be good. You know, and, and it, it, as, as always with equities, it, it comes down to the integrity of the management, right? Uh, and it's, you know, it, 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 it's whether the management basically wants to come to the market and sell shares to others, right? And, and then make money, or the management is thinking very long term, sees the opportunity and say, hey, you know, we think we can be as large as right move, right? Yeah. And sell 300 million. And for that to happen, we need a history of being in the public eye, in the public domain. And we want to invest, we want to attract, we want to attract institutions, we want to attract sort of owners and investors of caliber. And so we can progress together and find, you know, eventually gain the valuation and the transparency, right, of the likes of Rightmove. So actually, you could make the argument for being, for the on the market, you know, to be, be in the public domain, is simply they're thinking long term. And it may be that one day they do want to trade at 16 times sales. And the way to do that is to start now while they're small. So it, it, it's not unreasonable. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> While we were talking, I've, uh, I've, I've come up to the question that is bouncing through my head since the start of this podcast. We do have a duopoly in the UK, you might say, in a service, is software as a service mm. in regards of property markets. We, we have Rightmove, we have Zoopla. I've mm. heard about those companies, I've used their website. I know many people who use their web websites and we have a third player coming up on the market and usually, historically speaking, mm -hmm. third player, it's very hard for the third player to actually get into the market. We're talking Windows Phone when there was already Android and iOS on the market. We're talking... Uh, all the Facebook killers that I appeared over there and never actually killed Facebook. Yeah. We're talking iPhone killers. We're talking uh, BlackBerry. We're talking. We're talking. There's many, many, many examples of that kind of thing. You have a duopoly. One people go to Zoopla. One people go to Rightmove. And there's a third player, which well, I haven't heard about it till recently. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen any ads for it. 
they spend 10 million. I haven't, I haven't seen any ads for it. Mm. So uh, there's a question of whether they can actually do it. And that's a question for you. Do you think mm. on the market PLC can actually get like 30% of our market share? Is it, in your, you know, the growth potential? Yeah. In, yeah. Your, in, your, in, your, in your thoughts, what yeah. do you think about it? Do you, do you imagine, can you imagine it having yeah. a 30 or more percent yeah. of market share? That's a very, very good question. And, and I think you phrased it actually really well. You know, can you imagine it? Because actually, let, let's be honest. You can't know. Obviously. Equity investment yeah. is all about forward looking and, you know, imagination is a big part of it. And I suppose that the honest answer is I can imagine it, right? And and, and I will sort of and I'll, and I'll explain why. Uh, I think that they are a competitor. So you can. To, Sorry, you can. I can. I can. Oh, you can. I can imagine it. All right. I definitely can, because I think that they are a competitor to Rightmove. Uh, and let's get into some of those specifics. Rightmove is simply expensive. Okay. Rightmove charges. £18,000 per year, right, to an estate agent, okay? Yeah. Now, for some of the big chains, yeah, you know, that sell properties in London, large, you know, multi-million pound properties, £18,000, £20,000 per, per year that right move costs, you know, is, is, is basically pocket change, okay? But if me and you run an estate agent, yeah, out of you know your house or, or mine, yeah, or say we had a couple of houses running estate agents, we would probably scratch our heads, right? Because twenty grand to us per annum would be quite a big cost, right? And we'd look at alternative, and one of that alternative is on the market PLC that costs uh, less than a quarter of right move, okay? Uh, you know, on the market PLC you're talking. Uh, I think that the, 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 the average uh, revenue per estate agent per month is like £250, so you're talking three grand, right, per annum. Yeah, so, 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 so about, they're about a fifth of the cost of right move. Yeah, and this is... That's tempting. And this is where the competitive advantage, I think, of on-the-market PLC comes in. This is where I think that they will, so to speak, eat right moves lunch. Right, they will bite at them. And I can prove they've been biting at them because you, you just we've just talked about those sales numbers, 13, 18, 23, yeah. 30, 34, right? And but even though they charge one-fifth, they still make money. They still make money, they still absolutely. Profit and they have good, good, good numbers. Which kind of tells you the extortionate profits that Rightmove are making. But of course, they were able to get away with those extortionate profits because there weren't the smaller competitors going after them. But as me and you both know, uh, you know, in a capitalist world, there are always people, you know, coming after, coming after your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got those super returns, like Ryan Moore has enjoyed, for, you know, for years, there will be other people that yeah. will spot them, like on the market PLC, right, in 2013 when they started, and, and they'll come after you. And so, so they're a lot cheaper and for much smaller estate agents, you know, that perhaps here in the north of England, the northeast of England, right, they just don't have 20, 30 grand per annum, and maybe they're starting out, you know, on the market PLC is a viable option. Now, I've actually walked into quite a few estate agents, you know, in different places, be that Wales and, 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 and here, and, and 
very, very many of them are advertising their properties on the, uh, on the market PLC. And a lot of them basically do both, right move and on the market PLC. Uh, some of them, if they can't afford right move, they go to on the market PLC. And also, bear in mind, there's also a lot of estate agents that are not actually advertising online. Some of these, they're just, you know, old family businesses. Yeah. And, and for somebody like that, where are they going to, are they going to shell out 20 grand? straight away for the online solution or are they going to start with three grand per I year? I think that's a very good point, Michael. If you're if you are a real estate business that haven't used Rightmove or Zoopla yet and you're already and you're just choosing the company to, to do your business with now and you can well, what are you going to compare? You're going to compare how much it's going to cost you. Well, you have to because, again, if me and you are running an estate agent, you know, we've struggled to shell out 20k. It's just technically the same service. On the other hand, you when you when you're that kind of business, you need to consider how many people visit the website as well. Yeah. Because obviously there's gonna be more people visiting Zoopla and Right Move than on the market PLC. And then you know you're paying Absolutely. for that reach, right? You that's th that kinda explains the bigger price you're paying, because you're paying for that reach, which gives you I think a possibility of selling or letting out the, the property faster because if no one comes at your website and then no one sees your listing so that depends if you're a small company and you only post your listings on your Facebook profile or your yeah. small web, website and and you know you need to use that kind of uh, service mm -hmm. fine it's just cheaper you not if you're in a, like a little tiny town you don't want million views but you don't you, you only care about the views in this specific town right but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you make a very good point. Obviously, yeah, the right move, you know, at the moment is reaching a much larger, much wider audience because every Tom, Dick and Harry has heard of it, right? But on the market, PLC are not as well known. But they're not as well known, Isn't right? that the mode for right move? Like Pardon? A mode, something that, you know... Yeah, yeah, competitive advantage. Yeah. Well, well, I think, you know, I personally think that that competitive advantage has been a little bit eaten away at. And I'll explain why. Because if you think somebody like on the market PLC, well, they're actually owned by a consortium of estate agents. Yeah. Right? And if you think about their senior management, they actually came from estate agents, right, industry. So effectively, they've got... The, many big estate agents chain have vested interest into using on the market because they own them. Right. So they yeah. created a product for themselves exactly. to save some money. Absolutely. Which and which may for obviously we're gonna push it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so that's one. So so I'm not sure how strong right moves moat is. What I think where I'm at with, with, with the moat and the competitive advantage is I think that there's basically space for both. Hmm? The really plush, you know, large estate agents that are selling million pound properties will think we'll we'll just go, okay, right move will shell 30 grand for that on the market will shell 5k for that no big deal yeah right true you know the larger whales might go okay right move 30k yeah 20k yeah no problem but on the market plc is kind of for smaller yeah estate agents that perhaps for them you know they, they want to do something quirky they they, they they simply just want to try out you know the digital world or they they don't want to pay as much for now so what I'm saying is I think there's space for, for both. And given that the property market is highly fragmented, highly divided within the UK, you know, if you yeah. think about London and if you think about, you know, uh, the Wales and the Scotland and the northeast of this world, you know, it, very different prices for housing. Yeah. 
yeah so where where i'm at i think there's basically plenty of room plenty of room yeah for for for, for both of these and uh, and the other thing is with on the market it's a little bit there's a little bit more to the story in that they've got some competitive advantages because for example the estate agents that use them very often they get the first 24 hours on the properties they list before right move and zoopla mm. right so very often with the estate agents that i actually you know invested and and are heavily you know uh, heavily uh, invested into on the market plc success they'll give them the first 24 hours first that's one of the advantages very often they get the first 24 hours right so then that's and then the, it goes that's the right the... move and zoopla so it, 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 when you look at it that way it looks like on the market has a competitive advantage. Absolutely. Not this the other is, way around. Absolutely. And this is where I this is where this is where I think that the story is a lot more complex where yes, right move has competitive advantages because they've got that network and a much larger network and also public awareness, right? But on the market has some competitive advantages too. So so I don't see why you know why the two of them sort of can't coexist. Of course the big question is who is going to be gaining on who? Right, yeah. and and nobody knows that. But you know, with investment, I mean, we're investors, and, and we're looking at risk reward. And I'm simply saying, well, hey, you know, if one day, you know, 10, 15 years from now, on the market PLC can become as large as the right move now, hmm? and if they can command the same valuation as the right move does now, then you're looking at the hundred bag, aren't you? Because you go in, if your sales grow from 30 million to 300 million, like right move today, and your valuation is the same as right moves today, then you go from yeah, 55 million. million to 5 billion, right? Valuation, and that's your 100 bagger. So, you know, if you put a dollar into on the market PLC, you, you, can, you, you can lose that dollar, sure, right? You know, if, 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 if things, you know, if right move gains ground and somehow on the market PLC does not doesn't exist anymore, which by the way is with small companies and microcaps happens all the time, right? Yeah. But if they do, you know, if, if they just follow the well-trodden path of right move and do well, then you're looking at a hundred bagger. They've been doing but well for the last five years. They certainly have been. And so, so nobody knows the future, but you know, your question was, can I imagine them growing? And their answer is, yes, I can. Definitely. Uh, can I imagine them not growing? And the answer is, I can because we go back to the inextricable link to the property market and i've got my concerns about the property market in the uk in the next two years you know interest rates have been rising people's affordability with inflation you know has been diminishing yeah and so you know you could quite easily sit and make the argument that actually all of these auxiliary services to the you know to the property industry may struggle as interest rates rise as we've discussed with and you. who is going to wipe out you know and yeah yeah i've seen a chart last uh, this week actually i've seen a chart that the property market uh, prices uh, in relation to earning power of your wages are the most expensive they have ever been yes they're more expensive yes. than in victorian times like yes. over eight times uh, the the purchase power of your wages. So uh, that's that's just incredible how expensive a house is in the UK at the moment. Right, it's it's over forty minutes now, Michael. So let's um, let's try to wrap it out. We've got the, I'm 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 going to start with my conclusion. So I'm thinking 
Uh, this moment is as good as any as, as to enter, but if you follow actual uh, rules of technical analysis, I'd wait for the uh, price to go over a moving average of uh, 35, uh, last 35 periods, so 35 weeks, which we are below now, right now. And if it goes over that moving average and breaks out upwards from the uh, symmetrical triangle we're in now, that's a massive, massive, massive uh, information that the trend is going to be following up towards over probably uh, over the all-time high. Uh, so if 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 I want to say anything about like actual technical analysis, that's it. Just wait for the breakout. Even if it's going to break out downwards from that symmetrical triangle, then stay away from the company, or upwards, then just load up and it's going to go up. That's what technical analysis says. Uh, I'm certainly going to watch this company. Uh, Michael, now moving on to your conclusion from this uh, episode. Well, my conclusion is, 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 is basically it's always, it's always, you know, the risk and reward and it's risk and, and, and versus uncertainty and you know it's all about managing the risks but but also you know looking at, at the possible rewards and i would say that looking at those valuations and looking at the growth in sales in the last five years uh, i would say the risk reward is 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 very very positive indeed you know the, the balance sheet is clean they've got nine million cash on the balance sheet so i don't see this company disappearing uh, at all and actually if there were a big downturn in the property market, what that would mean is the estate agents would struggle to pay 20-30k per year hmm? and they would look still to list the houses, but they might look to list them with, with, a, with, a, with a software service provider, which is cheaper. So, so, you know, it comes back to what I was saying, well, you know, if you put $100 into a stock, all you can lose is $100, right? Uh, but you know, there's been plenty of examples where a stock can go to, you know, 5, 6, 10, 15, 20 times as much. And I think that on this particular example, the risk reward is in the, in the investor's favor. Yeah, that's why in this uh, podcast we're bridging the gap between lines and numbers for smartphone investing. And that means if our fundamental analysis is right, if the company is healthy, is making money and it's growing, it doesn't really matter whether you buy at this point in, in on the chart or a bit of, or a bit uh, more expensive. Uh, if we if the fundamental analysis and the uh, and the outlook of the company is right, uh, this may be potential hundred bugger. Uh, if we're wrong though, and then you might as well just wait for the technical analysis and just buy a breakout from the triangle. Now, um, before we wrap up, I'd like to remind our listeners that the information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be considered as financial investment advice. We encourage everyone to do their own research and consult a professional financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Thank you all for tuning in to Technically Fundamental. We hope you found this episode insightful and helpful. Remember, stay informed, stay invested, and in our next episode, we'll be discussing Impost SA, a European e-commerce and logistics company with a growing presence in the parcel locker market. Be sure to join us as we dive in into their technical and fundamental aspects. Don't miss it. Until then, happy investing. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us today. It was a very, very pleasant conversation. We thought it's going to take 15 minutes. 
it's actually almost 50 minutes right now, 47 to be exact, so very very long episode, but I think it's very very well packed with very useful information. My pleasure, Dick. Thank you very much.